Another day, another podcast about Alabama football recruiting, including a quarterback for the 2025 class. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Lockdown Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him, Jimmy. Alabama still buzzing from the previous weekend on recruiting and also uh, beginning to talk a little bit about this upcoming weekend, which is going to be a big one. Yeah, uh, still dealing with, uh, you know, the after effects of what was a really big weekend. I mean, in terms of, you know, there's only 55 official visits you give out. It, it's, it's not 100% accurate. But it's fair for you, the uh, the fan, to assume that any kid that, that is on an official visit at Alabama is a take. That's largely true. There still is a pecking order to some degree at some spots. But and since you only have 55 official visits, you know, that you give out, you're trying to sign around 25, which is another issue to talk about uh, here shortly. But uh, if they visited, we, we, we probably want them. Uh, and uh, so, so every kid, we have seven kids in this weekend. I think the only one that's just a real long shot of who is here is DeMello Jones, cornerback in Florida. I think we have other kids ahead of him on the board. I don't think we're his, his number one choice either. Uh, but, but we like him enough to, to look under the hood. He likes us enough to take a long look. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think, to me, the big news is uh, a guy like, like Daniel Calhoun, the big offensive lineman from Georgia, uh, you know, this is not a good cycle for offensive linemen. I've talked about that before. It's not a great year in the state of Alabama. It's not a great year around the South. It's not a great year nationally. This is just one of those things that happens all the time at one position or another to where there's just fewer elite kids at one spot. And offensive line, to me, is that, ish, is that spot this year. So Daniel Calhoun is an elite blue chipper prospect. It would be huge to land a kid from Georgia that Georgia badly wants at, at, at a position that's that's not very fruitful this season. It's not like, well, if we miss Calhoun, we can just make up for it. <clears throat> it's not that way at all. I mean, Calhoun's even more valuable than he would normally be. And the great news, as we report at BOL, is that Calhoun's already visited Georgia. Alabama was his second visit, and he's come out of the Alabama visit favoring Alabama. That, that's a huge. It, now, does that mean we can go ahead and write him down? Of course not. He's still going to Texas and Tennessee and other places. So it's not close to being able to write it down. But you got to figure Georgia's the biggest competition there. And the fact that he's visited Georgia and visited Alabama and seems to favor Alabama the most uh, is huge. He says he's been here 12 times. Like, holy Peter Woods, uh, who's visited, who set the record for most visits to Alabama without signing with Alabama. Uh, so maybe maybe Peter's a terrible uh, name to bring up for for this subject, but uh, but Daniel Calhoun's been here twelve times. Uh, I, I I came out of this weekend, Luke, excited, more excited about Calhoun. Uh, I think he's very possible on our commitment list. Amari Jefferson, who somehow got Nick Saban to dab with him in the photo in his office, that shows you how much Nick Saban likes this kid because that's not a normal thing. And uh, Isaiah Fega from Central Phoenix City, I think there's a good chance. He ends up in the Alabama class too, and that—that's just from this past weekend. But we'll—we'll we'll have to see. I'm going to have to look up that photo of Nick Saban dabbing. I—I 
I'm not sure I want to see it. You know, it's a lot it's like on Amari it's on Amari Jefferson's Twitter account. It's uh fifty percent amusing and fifty percent disturbing. Terrifying. Uh, you know, did you, you know, we were talking about a bear coming out of the ocean in Destin the other day. I'm trying to really, I, I, if anybody's watching this and they're like, Luke, why are you always looking to what would be the right? I, I don't know. I'm trying to make it where my eyes are centered. I can't do this. I, I'm trying to, I, I don't know. It's, I feel like I'm always giving anybody the side eye. But anyway, we had a bear coming out of the ocean. And then again, and I don't know if this video is real or not, but there was a video on the Twitterverse about, a shark uh, attack and like they attack this guy and it's like a homemade video. And it, it looks like a scene from Jaws is so terrifying. Yeah. Nick Saban dabbing wouldn't be that bad. Fake. It looks what I would expect a shark, a, a fatal shark attack to look like. That's what it, it looked like to me. Like, wow, if, if, if that's fake, kudos, because that, that's that was probably what that fake. exactly was. Yeah. If that was a fake, that's a Lane Bennis level fakeness right there. If anybody knows what I'm talking about from Seinfeld, uh, Amari fake, Jefferson, fake, 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 fake. Uh, Amari Jefferson is an intriguing name because you know you could make a living just on wide receivers in this state alone this year, to me. Um, and so Amari Jefferson, of course, uh, the other kid in Texas that we're battling Texas for. Uh, we've already got Rico Scott. Um, it's just wild because I, I love the in-state crop of wide receivers, yet it feels like we're, we're you know, typical Nick Saban fashion. We're uh, stretching out the net. Well, we have Perry Thompson already committed. I, I think there's going to ultimately be three three wide receivers in this class, and there's already two committed. Now, is Perry Thompson going to stay committed? I think so. But, but if you're out there and you're nervous or you want to bet against it, fine. I get that. He will make you nervous with the multitude of visits he goes on, particularly to Auburn. But Perry Thompson, that's one. Rico Scott just seems locked in. I mean, I, I don't think Rico's considering anywhere else. And it, by the way, his official visit was this past weekend, too. Uh, and now he's been to Alabama a few times. Uh, again, Alabama offered him based off his performance in camp last summer. Uh, he seems just locked in. Uh, so you're taking one or two more, right? The frustrating one, and it, it is just frustrating, is Camp Coleman. That's frustrating. Kids from Central Phoenix City is one of the top wide receivers in the United States. Alabama likes him, of course. Uh, of course, Alabama likes him. Uh, they're not going to uh, buy a house across the street and, and, and blast, you know, and do, uh, you know, uh, the Peter Gabriel song on a boombox 24-7 for a year, hoping he, he changes his mind. But Cam, you know, he'll say nice things publicly about Alabama, but the actions don't really line up with it. And by that, I mean... He's got to come to Tuscaloosa at some point if he's serious about Alabama, and he is not, uh, even though he has plenty of opportunity to do so. Uh, he's just one of these in-state kids that's just not feeling Alabama now. As to why, I, I don't know. Uh, we can guess forever. Uh, I think it's fair if you point to, well, he plays for Patrick Nix. <laughs> you know, he plays for Bo Nix's dad. <laughs> There's probably not a lot of Alabama love coming out there. True, but Isaiah Fega really likes Alabama and he plays on the same team. So I, I'm not sure that's a hundred percent the answer. It, it could be a factor. Uh, I just think, you know, the kid just seems to like other programs and other schools more and so be it. But that part's frustrating because he is a five-star and uh, seems to be like, you know, what's such a good 
fit in a program that's produced Devontae Smith and Jerry Judy and, and Henry Ruggs and, and, and Jalen Waddle and, and even J-Mo and, and Mesh. So it would seem like it would fit, but the kid just doesn't seem to want to get in a car that, that, that delivers him Tuscaloosa to look around. You know what maybe we should do? We should tempt him with some Bird Dogs merchandise because Bird Dogs, they make you look good. And he plays well, so he can also look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving him that truly sculpted look. And I don't think Cam Coleman needs that. But you know what? It can make the rest of us look like Cam Coleman. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better and they're less expensive too. Um, Bird Dogs fix this issue uh, because the issue of a stiff, like restricting khaki uh, by inventing cloud net fabric that looks like khaki, but stretches to get you a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And if you know me, you know, I'm kind of a spaz. I'm always moving around. So I need all the movement I can get my hands on, whatever the heck that means. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day. And if you know Jimmy, you know he needs anti-stink sweat wicking fabric so both of us have really enjoyed the merchandise they sent us uh we had somebody on one of the comments say hey you guys hooked me i ordered some bird dog stuff man kudos love it uh go buy some more appreciate you so much and um bird dogs go check them out bird dogs uh slash locked on college bird dogs.com slash locked on college go there lose promo use promo code locked on college and you'll get a free yeti style tumbler i use this tumbler all the time i never was a tumbler guy now, I love this tumbler. So go check out birddogs.com slash locked on college. You will not regret it. Jimmy, on the next podcast, maybe we will have an answer from Grant Nelson, uh, the much yes. ballyhooed uh, transfer portal basketball recruit. We really want him. I'm really ready for him to go and make a commitment. He is certainly um, hurting my feelings over here right now, yeah. but uh, hopefully he will commit to the University of Alabama sooner rather than later and we will talk about that on the next podcast hopefully if he's committed if not we'll just talk more about your countdown but for right now a quarterback i want to talk about is deuce knight from loosedale mississippi very close to the state of alabama uh this guy is sort of sort of burst on the scene i'm going to give the auburn uh, one of the auburn sites i think it's 24 7 site give them a little credit that's where i first learned about this kid because i knew auburn was recruiting him but now it feels like his recruiting has really picked up he's a 2025 kid uh and he seems to be a heck of a player and Alabama's giving him a serious look. Yeah, they really are. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this afternoon on BOL. I'm going to uh, watch a subtle film and break it down because uh, this is the weekend. I think that I would say Deuce Knight moved from someone Alabama liked to someone Alabama loves uh, and Deuce Knight loves Alabama. The interesting thing is he's in the 25 quarterback group. And as we know, we are already heavily involved with KJ Lacey, who's committed to Texas. Uh, George McIntyre from, from Nashville, and Antoine Hill from Georgia. Those are three kids Alabama already loved prior to Deuce Knight, and now Deuce Knight's being added to that big, happy family. Uh, Deuce is uh, just uh, a, a great physical prospect, and again, I'm going to break down the tape later on today uh, on BOL. Uh, I, I, to me, the interesting question is, before I ever watch the tape, I've just, I just know him by reputation, which is huge. Uh, my, my question is going to be, where does he fit in in the pecking order? Is he a kid that could commit? I mean, George McIntyre can probably commit. We know K.J. Lacey could commit to Alabama. George McIntyre could commit to Alabama. I think Antoine Hill is sort of a maybe. It will be interesting to see is, is, is if Deuce is just a take. Because as you know, a quarterback, once you have your take, that's it. You're done. 
that position for that that class. So uh, super interesting uh, from what I hear, in addition to being a fantastic, uh, a kid born with fantastic quarterback skill set, he's also one of these off-the-field great super kids with the intangibles and everything else. Now, I know he's from Mississippi. That uh, raises some blood pressure for some people. This is a, this, this type of Mississippi is a little different. So Loosedale really should be annexed by Mobile. It, it's, it's Mobile's backyard. Uh, Loosedale borders Mobile County uh, in George County, Mississippi, which is uh, obviously Mississippi coastal uh, county. Uh, it, it's kind of up in the country a little bit. Uh, Loosedale is so, such a big part of Mobile. The family, the Looses, that the town's named after, most of those people, they live in Mobile. And some of them even have a big house on and, uh, Point Clear. So Loosedale is very much Alabama. I would say it, it doesn't have the same sphere of influence uh, at Loosedale that you get from like an Ole Miss uh, or Mississippi State. I, I would say if you hold the residents of Loosedale, you're probably gonna have more Alabama fans than anything else. So we have a real good shot there. Uh, with Deuce Knight, and I look forward to breaking down the film later today on BOL, and I'll uh, report back on the next uh, Locked on Bama show, too. Luke's so excited he's muted. <laughs> Luke, Luke, boy, Luke's been muted. Yeah, I'm muted. <laughs> and it looked like and you, you can tell I even, I felt like I had a good. What you were saying looked very interesting, too, so hopefully you remember what you said. I was going to, what I was going to say was before I muted myself, uh, you made it sound like Kay Ivey is mulling over the idea of Alabama taking over Loosedale. Like we're not declaring war on Mississippi, but we want Loosedale. We just want that. Well, I just remember uh, literally, uh, it's funny. I know through Deuce Nice years ago, but uh, the last time we tried, I was driving through Mobile County on uh, and, and ended up in uh I was going to Loosedale, actually, with some lawyer work thing, and uh, it said, you know, leaving Al leaving Mobile County, leaving Alabama, and then Loosedale city limits. And I'm like, um, I, you know, like sometimes you say, I'm here. Yeah. I remember saying, I'm here with a question mark. Like, I'm here? <laughs> like, Loosedale might as well be Sarah Land. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's go ahead and take another break. When we come back, it's time for Keanu Coat. That's how you say it on Jimmy Stein's Countdown. And we're back. And I have to give those pauses so that when I put the ad locators in for the audio part, I kind of know where to look. I can look in the spacing and see a big space. But then, of course, when I mute myself, what screws up is it there's that big space and I, and I get screwed up. And it, it only costs me about two and a half seconds, literally. But it makes me mad every time. And um, I, so I'm going to do that again today and not screw it up. The mutes are not on purpose because it literally makes your day a little harder. Two and a half seconds are stolen away from my day when I do this to myself. So y'all understand, Luke is not we're doing this for a bit. We're old. We, we don't have many seconds left. <laughs> i got to cherish every one of them. Um, anyway, Keanu Coat is now on the countdown. Um, this is a guy that uh, was he – I know a lot of people thought he was going to LSU. Did we flip him from LSU? I can't remember. I think he, uh, I don't think he was a, my, my recollection is he wasn't a flip. My recollection was it was an upset, like Alabama upset LSU. Uh, okay. That he was, that, that all along everyone thought LSU and then it was Alabama. So that's, I think and, that's uh, right. On three, I think uh, I had Keanu a five-star. And, and oh, yeah. Service, not on three, super high Keanu coat. He's pretty uh, lanky to be a five-star though, right? I mean, he's he's not like, 
I mean, I'm not right. saying he's not a physical specimen. If you're on the Alabama football team and you're a punter, you're a physical specimen. But uh, maybe not. Yeah, I would say when, when he committed to Alabama, it's probably 6'4", 215, yeah. which is yeah, yeah, yeah. not imposing outside linebacker at all when he committed. But the good news is, and it's a big part of discussing Keanu, is the weight gain has been fantastic. This is now moving into his redshirt sophomore year, so it's time. It's time for him. And boom, now he's 6'4", 232. Frankly, it looks a little bigger than that, you know, in his pads. I mean, this kid fills it out pretty good. Uh, he, he is a specimen or, or darn near close to it now. Uh, also had some injury issues during his redshirt freshman season. So we haven't seen much of him, but he's probably ready. And I think if you watched A-Day closely, you saw a kid that is ready. I think if Keanu was a guy that we had to play every week, he would do well, in particular on third down as a pass rusher. I think he could help us this season. The deal is with him and so many others, and I know it sounds like a broken record, but we're right at that point in the countdown where we've reached a clump of these kids who are good players. Jeremiah Alexander, uh, the kid we're going to talk about uh, tomorrow in the countdown. Uh, we'll preview Devontae Smith. That's another one. Keanu Coat. These guys that are good players, Antonio Kite, good players, there's just not room for them to play just yet because they're just right behind the starters who are so good, you don't take them off the field. So Cano is promising. He's a good player. He's probably ready to play, but he's got Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell, and probably Quandarius Robinson ahead of him. Those are the guys that are better than he is today, and he's unlikely to move ahead of them. Is he the fourth guy? Probably. Uh, but now let's see where Keon Keeley lands after he's at practice for a few weeks because Keon is a guy that has immense five-star plus talent. He, he's the type of guy who can show up and jump ahead of upperclassmen. So with Keanu, hey, there's no reason not to be excited about him and his future and how good he is. It's just a matter of waiting for his opportunity, and hopefully he doesn't run out of patience. Uh, he would be a good example of someone that could run out of patience and, and leave, and he would be one the coaches, the, the coaches would not be happy about that at all. They, they want him to stay. Uh, and, and continue to develop because he's a good player. He's just not quite Dallas and Braswell or, or Q yet, but he's getting there. You know, that's what I was going to say was, do you feel like if it doesn't work out this particular season, do you feel like he's a uh, transfer candidate? Well, almost all of them are. I mean, they're almost all that way. To, to me, Luke, it's almost like, I mean, I hate being this cynical about it, but you almost feel like there's three labels on players right now. Starter, Freshmen who are who just got there, and everyone else is waiting to transfer. I mean that that's what it sort of feels like, and that's that's the unfortunate part of the portal because it's a developmental sport. And Keanu, even though he was a highly touted guy with enormous upside, he's a guy who needed to develop before he was ready to be an every down SEC football player. And uh, it almost feels like if he does leave, we spent three hard earned years developing him for the benefit of wherever he goes, you know, and that that's part of the transfer portal sucking, you know, really, because it's not good for the kids and it's not good for these programs that literally invest a lot of money in developing these kids. And then when they're ready to play, they take off, but uh, neither here nor there. Uh, he, he's a good kid. Uh, he's a good player. I think if you see him this fall, you will probably be impressed. I just don't know that there's going to be opportunity for him. We don't liberally substitute at that position. And again, uh, it's no slight on the kid that he's 
not ready to leapfrog Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell, or even Q Robinson, who uh, I think starting about last fall has looked uh, pretty fantastic. You know, there's there's got to be a something on this transfer portal thing where because you, you brought up a point that, that I think people always forget that. You know, Alabama, this kid can come to Alabama. And again, we wanted him and he wanted to be here. So it worked out. It's mutually beneficial. But he comes here and Alabama develops him for three years. And then he can get in the portal, see what's available to him. Somebody can even get a good NIL deal. And then Alabama spent all this time developing him. And then he goes to Michigan State and, you know, is a superstar. Maybe, and and I know Alabama's benefited the other way. So I'm not trying to sell that. You know, and it's only bad for Alabama because we certainly have used it to our advantage. But I wonder if there's a way that you can say, okay, here's a deal. If you get somebody from the transfer portal, you lose – you either lose – it's like everybody you take from the transfer portal costs you two scholarships. And, or maybe yeah. when you take somebody from the portal, it costs you two scholarships, and the place the guy came from gets one of those scholarships. That may – you know – that may discourage some of the, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm throwing stuff against the wall and that's probably horrible stuff, but uh, I think there's gotta be a way to fix this thing. But Jimmy, we'll talk about that more later on. Wait, did you have something to say? No, I was just going to say, you know, the kid, everyone that has their opinions about transfer portal that's pro, they talk about how it's good for the kids. And, and, and some of it is a lot of it is no one talks about, you know, what's good or bad for the programs. And, uh, and, and and it is sort of a negative, right? I mean, that you spend all your scholarship money and food and board and, and the training and the coaches that spend time with them, and then you get them ready to play. And now they are playing at TCU instead of, you know, the place that invested in them. That's that's just, you know, it's it, it's a double-edged sword. Look for every good thing about the portal, there's a bad thing, right? And, hey, hey the portal's worked out for Alabama in so many instances of Alabama bringing in a good player done so again in this class with the, the C.J. Dupree's and, and such that will be play a significant role. I think Trez Marshall will, too. Uh, and then you lose. I think Alabama lost between 15 and 20 to the portal, and about 10 or 12 of those guys, you know, they were they were probably never going to play, and it wasn't that big a deal. But a handful of them that left were, were guys that the staff would rather have not seen them leave. Uh, I don't know if anybody got begged to stay. I, I doubt that's the case. But there were certainly three or four that – they wouldn't have wanted to just walk out the door, and they did. All right, that's going to do it for today's pod. Hopefully tomorrow we'll be talking about Grant Nelson and uh, his addition to Alabama. If he does commit tonight, we might do a Locked On Now and uh, talk about the, uh, the impact of this. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.